Welcome to 15 Minutes on the Way, Season 8, Into Exile. If you're a first-time listener, you really owe it to yourself to start at the beginning. You can find Episode 1 of Season 1 easily at 15minutesontheway.com. Otherwise, if you're already on the way with us, welcome back. I've missed you, friend. Here is today's story. In last week's episode, we began to consider closely Isaiah's reference to a servant in his prophecies and discovered meaning operating on two levels. On one level, the servant seems to be Israel walking down the highway that I have prepared for them. On another level, it would seem that only I am able to satisfy some of the requirements of the servant, including the fact that the servant will save Israel, and so can't be Israel. And as we said, the servant, who is Isaiah's focus, is a figure of tremendous importance in this journey. Therefore, before we leave Isaiah's servant passages behind, let us look for a moment at the last one, in which everything comes together. If you'd like to have your own breakout session with all four of what are termed the servant songs, they are found at these coordinates in Isaiah, chapter 42, 1 through 4, 49, 1 through 6, 50, 4 through 9, and finally the longest at 52, 13 through 53, 12. Now, the significance of the final servant song is attested to by how Isaiah immediately follows it at Isaiah 54.1. There is a shift in reality so significant brought by the servant that Isaiah immediately gathers himself and issues the command to sing. He just happens to issue that command to a representative barren woman. A barren woman? Really? Well, by now you recognize habitat reasoning when you see it or hear it. At many junctures along the way, we have blessed the barren with sons who've been instrumental in moving the Abraplan along, and we've discussed the layers of meaning and message therein. Our prior blessing of the barren and Isaiah's current call on them is directed at the same underestimating view of females at the time. There were few people more disregarded than barren women. So see this as a call to the most marginalized, disenfranchised, spurned members of society. Isaiah calls them desolate and calls them to sing, people sing. Because what I am doing through my servant is stretching into the furthest nook and cranny of time and life, and there is no one, not even the least of all that live, that it will not reach. We call the barren to sing, because we have given them and you something to sing about. The final servant song details the way in which I establish with all humanity my covenant of peace, which shall neither be shaken nor removed from you. Isaiah 54, 7-10 The servant, 
reconciles you with us. And he does not do so by building an army, taking back the promised land, restoring its borders and the might of the nation to the heady days of Solomon. That would be the easy way. We have been through that before and seen that it did not work. It wasn't supposed to. It has, however, served its purpose and paved the road, the highway Isaiah calls to be built for me, along which our servant will walk. He will take the hard way. It is not a way of military conquest, but of conquest nonetheless. The words used to describe the servant in this final song were never attributed to Solomon. Despised rejected, stricken, afflicted, oppressed. These words are for the marginalized, not the mighty. Though we literally have all the power in the universe to put to the task, it is not through a display of majestic dominance that the servant brings peace. It is through humility, suffering, and death. The servant becomes a lamb led to slaughter, conjuring all the significance of Passover as the blood of a slain lamb on the lintel rescued those inside from death, and carrying all the resonances of the cadence of sacrifices lifted to us first in the tabernacle and then in the temple. In order to fulfill his mission, the servant must die. Hear the song of the servant in Isaiah 53, 8-12. For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was Yahweh's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though Yahweh makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of Yahweh will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. You see, the iniquities of humanity are carried by the servant, carried into death, and done away with. In doing so, the servant who is innocent, and whose death is named a form of oppression and judgment, in verse 8, the servant atones for your sins. You are each made whole as I lay on him the iniquity of every single one of you. The servant goes to his grave as an offering, 
poured out in death to satisfy ultimately the requirement of righteousness. Isaiah 53.10 Here is the doubled payment for Israel's sin spoken of by Isaiah as he began his sermon to the exiles in chapter 40. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from Yahweh's hand double for all her sins. The first payment is made as Israel serves her term in exile as prescribed punishment for her sin. The second and double payment is made by the servant, and he pays with his life. And so it is that there in Isaiah 53:11 that the entire Abra plan turns. My righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Our entire journey with humanity has brought us to this very moment, creating you in love, walking with you in innocence, being separated from you by sin-driven exile, and then planning and working through the rest of time to bring you back, to heal the rift, and to bridge the gulf between you and us, to somehow do away with the barrier of sin once and for all, and to restore righteousness to you so that we can again be together. We have already established that it will be our righteousness that somehow fuels the next phase of the Abra plan. Now, we and Isaiah make clear that it will be through the servant, through his righteous, innocent life, and his atoning, sacrificial death, that our righteousness will be placed upon you, by some means transferred, if you will. And then, once you are righteous, truly and not occasionally, once the idols of your age are no longer receiving any of your attention or loyalty, once you are whole and wholly ours, there will be deep peace between you and us, peace that washes across eternity past, present, and future. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says Yahweh, who has compassion on you. Isaiah 54.10 As the last strains of the suffering servant song die down to silence, and he has poured himself out in death, bearing the sin of many, and interceding for those who've sinned, establishing lasting, even cosmic peace between Creator and created. One can imagine silence in the wake of such staggering words, beautiful and gruesome at the same time. What will be Isaiah's next words? Will he join with Jeremiah with a call to mourn and lament? Illustrate with a further metaphor like Ezekiel. No, no, you already know. Sing, friend, for as the servant is crushed, your transgressions are done away with. Sing, friend, 
For every imperfection, great and small, every failure to help, every selfish, hurtful deed and thought, every infidelity against human or us, every wound you have ever inflicted upon yourself or another, is set upon the servant as he pours himself out in death and takes every bit of it with him. Sing, friend, for the guilt you have felt all these years is but a mirage, for the servant has taken your guilt, be it real or imagined, with him into the grave, and it is gone. Sing, friend, lest the rocks themselves cry out in your silent stead. Stand and sing.